there. Welcome back to this Human Life Podcast. I'm Melissa Sonova. This is a companion podcast to the book This Human, which I wrote a few years ago. Um, the intention of the podcast is like the author's cut of a book. Um, I read through the pages, um, embellish a little bit, tell some stories, um, laugh at myself um, and uh, hopefully it's a useful resource for you. Um, it doesn't matter if you have the book or not. These are um, topics that are related to, um, I think, everybody. If you're in the field of human-centered design or you're a leader in an organization and happen to be human-centric in the way that you view the world and your model of leadership, then things that we cover um, are going to be useful to you anyway. If you do have the book and are following along or want to go back and reread, um, we are kicking off today on page 74. We're still in chapter two. And we're kicking off with one of my, I've been talking about this for years, something that I noticed um, back in the day when I was still working at Ford and um, what an important uh, role this plays in being able to let go of ideas or let go of attachments to outcomes. So let's get straight into it. So we're starting on page 74 with solution seduction. Sometimes you can fall in love with a solution to a problem. I call this solution seduction. It is a phrase I coined about, I said seven years ago in the book, but the book was 2017, so 10 years ago. And I still use it and see it today. It can be dangerous to converge too early on a solution, especially if you are still at the stage where you are exploring and imagining how you might visualize your work. Or I would go so far as to say, not just about visualizing your work, but um, conceptualizing your work. Here are some symptoms of solution seduction. You have a fixed perspective on how this idea will come into being. You perceive others' ideas relating to your vision as criticisms and feel you need to defend your vision. You feel other people's suggestions are not as good as your idea. (laughs) You think if you don't create it exactly as it appears in your mind's eye, it will be wrong. You find it really hard to compromise on any aspect of your idea. At the early stages of your work, having a fixed view of your vision is dangerous as it stops you from exploring other, perhaps more meaningful pathways. You will know you have been seduced by a solution when the image you hold in your mind is fixed. When you are envisioning your idea, these images should be fluid. They should morph and change daily as you continue to make sense of the most meaningful pathway to delivery. If your idea is fixed and you are yet to communicate it to anybody, you've converged too early and have been seduced by your own solution. Unfortunately, the only way of this... (laughs) Sorry. This is just an example of me laughing at my own writing. Unfortunately, the only way out of this is to break up with your idea. It doesn't need to be a complete break. You just need to come to an understanding that... You need to see other ideas. When you allow yourself to experience other ideas, they bring richness and colour to your own. From here, your chances of finding a more engaging, complete and resilient scenario is heightened. And I've just got a little um, illustration here with a caption underneath. Falling too early for your beautiful vision can lead to heartbreak later. 
One of the reasons why I coined that term, solution seduction, is working in design or the human-centered design process can be, particularly in the upfront phases, the upfront stages of uncovering the insights, the actual uh, challenge or the root cause, um, it can feel quite ambiguous and uncertain for people. So the tendency is to bring order to that ambiguity and uncertainty as soon as possible. And we do that by jumping onto solutions um, because we know how to deliver solutions. Often when we're doing work around, you know, with clients or we're um, working in partnership with another organization, those that are familiar with the process have gone through the emotional journey of not knowing and those that are new find it really uncomfortable. And it's usually those people that you need to support in their discovery of a different way of working. We are so uh, programmed to know the answers and to know how to do something that when we don't know the answers and we don't and we can't see a way through to delivery, we get really we get nervous and uncomfortable, and um, that's when solution seduction sets in because there's comfort in knowing what it is you're going to do and what it is you're going to deliver, and because other people also are seeking to understand the process and are looking for something tangible. It's actually a really convenient thing to be able to do, which is to say, oh, yeah, we've just kicked off a human-centered design um, process and we're going to deliver an app that does X, Y, and Z. And we're so, um, we're so programmed to, I don't know why I keep using the word programmed, but, you know, we're so conditioned to working in the solution space that sometimes we, we don't know whether or not we're in the solution space or the problem space and um, even to know when in the process of doing our our human-centered design projects or even just through leading a team through a complex situation to know when to to keep the thinking in the problem space which is asking lots of why questions versus moving the team into the solution space which is asking lots of how questions um oversimplification obviously but it just gives you the sense of the different types of thinking that's required in both those activities okay uh quote if we let our current reality define our future reality we'll end up creating the same things over and over again so we're coming to the end of chapter two um to sum up The work you've done to observe and gain insight will be present when you envision possible solutions. We need to trust in this process and give ourselves the permission to dream big about the impact our work can have. During the delivery process, you will come across constraints. You will learn to navigate, but now is the time to let your imagination, intuition and curiosity do their thing. In the next chapter... When you have a clear vision, communication becomes possible. When you are clear, they are clear. The next chapter explores intention, communication, all leading to shared understanding. So it is a short one today. I um, I think I'm going to keep the... Uh, Uh, just so that it's easier to navigate this as a resource I'll um, start chapter three with the the next podcast Um, 
But because we're talking about um, solution seduction, it might just be useful to um, just talk really briefly about what you might be able to do to um, deal with solution seduction if you self-diagnose yourself as being seduced by your solution. Um, And in the first chapter on page 34, there's an exercise which is about identifying attachment. And um, they're all very relationshipy words, aren't they, now that I'm thinking about it from a different lens. It might be fun to go back and read those few paragraphs from that perspective (laughs) or not. Um, Right, so page uh, 34, exercise 1.9. Um, yeah, it's all about identifying attachment and I'll, I've already read through this in a previous episode, so I'm not going to go through it in a lot of detail, but I'll just read the, the titles of the question so you can understand what it is that you can do to be able to move yourself out of attachment. And to be honest, um, once you're familiar with these sorts of things for yourself, you can also see it in others and it makes you quite a uh, insightful and empathic and effective uh, facilitator of the design process to be able to identify where people are at and um, where they're listening from and all of those things which is why it's all in the book um okay so with the identifying attachment you know the first question is um what am i not willing to compromise so this is just asking being able to sit in reflection with yourself and kind of going why why is this so hard for me to accept that another person's idea might actually be amazing and why why am i really stuck on this particular feature or this particular concept and then asking yourself so the first question is about what so actually listing what those attachments actually are what are those things that you're not willing to compromise on and then asking yourself why so why aren't i willing to compromise on this particular aspect of my idea um and then the next question is about what is at risk if i were to compromise on this issue so this the intention of that question is to start opening up possibility of you moving away from your idea moving away from your solution Um, Question four is to connect with the outcome of the project that you're working on or the problem that you're there to solve. So question four is, does this serve the outcome of the project? And remember, there's a difference between outputs and outcomes. So an app or a report or a journey map is an output and the outcome is is what that output facilitates in terms of um, a behavior change or um, the easing of a pain point or whatever it might be. So by connecting, by just checking in again and saying, well, the things that I'm thinking about, how they actually in service of the outcome and just doing that check to be able to, actually it helps with you being able to communicate why you feel so strongly about a certain thing. If you can communicate in the context of the outcomes of the projects rather than the features that you're so passionate about, it actually makes your perspective quite influential and um, constructive in a in a sort of a project context. And then the last one, question five, is um, what is the best scenario if I do compromise? So again, this is trying to shift the thinking of protecting, defending, um, people don't see what it is that I see, all of that kind of stuff too. Well, what would the best scenario be if I were to? And then how to get on board with that. So um, that's exercise 1.9. It's on page 34. It's in chapter one. But if you were to reconnect with those things, that's the antidote to solution seduction. 
Okay, so thanks for, this is a little short one. Um, thanks for joining again. Um, I'll be back uh, with the next episode, which will be starting fresh on um, a new page in a new chapter and a new color in the book, which is chapter three. And it's all about expression, all about communicating with intention to have meaningful impact. So I hope you can join me. Wishing you the best and I'll see you or hear you or I won't do either of those things, but you'll hear me um, very soon. Thanks for listening.